So today I'm here with uh, Chandler, who's not been on the channel yet. Maybe no. maybe he'll be on the channel more often. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I was thinking today we do a uh, an interview style. We were talking a little it's bit before be about a couple questions. And, and by a couple, I mean one question. <laughs> and I was kind of curious where where he's going to go with this. So Chandler, you're... To you're 20 today. I'm, I turned 20 exactly right today. That's pretty cool. So I've known you for uh, 19 years. No, I'm just 20. I've known <laughs> you for 20 years. Actually, no. A little more because I've I was in a I've known you for 20 years. Not 20 years because I didn't meet you till day three. Oh, so I was a surprise. Not at all. I just was uh, young. Oh, all right. <coughs> Whole other podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, so you're dealing with... For the first time, elections that are crazy. Mm. Society that seems to have lost its mind. Yes. And you're working now. so That's true. <coughs> you're making your own money. How do you think society has failed you? <laughs> or, or not failed you, for that matter? So, society has failed the youth. Not in the sense as, you know, they didn't teach us right or anything. But I think that, you know, each government wants to change, not change, but like the government wants you to think a certain way to help them keep power. So through. Whoa, no, there's so, some conspiracy theories. No, there. no, <laughs> not conspiracy, but through all of your childhood, you're told. You have the free will to think, you know, you can think your own way. Mm -hmm. But the way I seen it was through the school systems. They always, you know, pushed their views onto you since a young age so that when you do grow up, you tend to lean towards their point of views and not really have your own. Like the only so reason why I don't think I fell into that was because of you, obviously. <laughs> You know, well, I, I did my best to try to, and th this was across the board, this was all the kids, try to get you guys to think on your own. I didn't want kids who uh, thought the system way or thought my way even. Would have been nice if you all thought my <laughs> way, but, but <clears throat> I, have, I have a couple kids who don't completely line up with my worldviews and and political opinions and that's fine you guys are your own people mm -hmm. i don't want you to be autonomous copies of you <laughs> me or your mother for that matter and uh that was the goal i want you guys to be product productive <coughs> members of society who think for yourselves so i can understand your your perspective of thinking that i influence you and i did influence you that's that's not even everyone influenced yeah, me along the way exactly i mean you're gonna pick up traits and thoughts and ideas from a lot of people so hopefully people smarter sometimes people dumber those <laughs> are called mistakes uh but <laughs> but you uh but the good thing is that you think for yourself and you're saying school doesn't really allow you to think for yourself no i think it's really one side biased yeah i completely agree i it, think our school system today has gotten to the point where if you think differently from the system, you're or shunned you, out a little. I wouldn't say shunned out, but you're steered in a certain direction. Maybe more so. I could actually, I could see shunned out even, because I was not a good student. I was a terrible student. 
I had anger issues at young. I had anger issues all the way into my 20s uh, that really did affect relationships throughout my 20s. But <coughs> the, the main thing was I never felt like I could be myself at school. It was always I needed to be what school wanted me to be. I needed to try hard to do good on tests, which I actually was really good as a student of life, if that makes sense. So I was good at picking stuff up like math and science, yeah. <clears throat> anything that had common sense or structure to it. Put me into a, a language arts or a social studies, and no. I was lost. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't get good at that stuff until I got older because I, I ne- my brain didn't just didn't work like that. So I was good with the things that w- – with half of what I was supposed to be good at. Yeah. But, and that wasn't okay. No. <laughs> so uh, – and I know with you, you had a reading IEP for ever. For my whole – I, I literally <laughs> used it to graduate. <laughs> Thank God for the IEP. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> I was a terrible reader. I never was good at reading, which is ironic because I love to read now. See, like now I love it. That's something that I also think is funny is because – you know, testing wise, I was always a terrible reader, but when it came down to it, to me actually reading on my own and some of the tests that I took separately where I could take my time, I always showed in the regular people, like, you know, the regular scores. Well, it's funny like that because they say school's a place, (laughs) excuse me, still can't kick this cough. (laughs) School's a place where you're meant to find who you are. That's a lie. And they're there to guide you and they're there to teach you the fundamentals and they're there to teach you how to think. I think it's bull crap. If we were using expletives and being an explicit channel, I would say other <laughs> words, but I just think it's bull crap. I yeah. think that, that the system is designed so that you move the majority through in a structure that not everybody can comply with. And those who don't comply are outliers. Yeah. And you think that was where you were? Because I think that's where I was. I as think a I think I was the in between of <clears throat> outlier and fit in. So did you, how were you in school though? How were you as a student? Uh, <laughs> young years I was terrible. Um, no. What do you mean young years? Go. I mean like okay, school. El- elementary school I was terrible. My IP did show. You know I never. Oh. You okay? <laughs> the headphone, other headphones fell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Calm down there. <laughs> uh, no, but in elementary school, the IEP showed I was terrible at reading. I fell behind on almost everything because of that. <coughs> the only thing that in elementary that I was able to perform in was math. Math was always my go-to. I could show anybody how to do math. That's be- my boy. Because it was a strong suit for me. But... My elementary years, yeah, I was, you know, the outsider, couldn't do anything. I was always in the special groups and never was really able to make friends because of that. And then towards middle school, you know, I kept that trait going. Well, now because you've built ha- uh, habits around it. Yeah. So you, you in elementary school, you you saw where they classified you. And that's where you kind of mold. I, I think, especially for me, I was a talkative child <laughs> especially in elementary uh, i actually have my report cards from elementary nice. for like five years mm-hmm. and i found it amusing that every note and i don't remember <laughs> this back then but every note consists of todd needs to not talk in class needs to calm down yeah well a that, much that was a little bit of anger there <laughs> if 
fighting with the same kids every day. But it was like I never had uh, I never was in a situation where I was allowed to be who I thought I should be. So it made it difficult for me to I was terrible at concentrating at that age. Like mm-hmm. I could not concentrate unless I was also doing something else. And I have that problem today. I, I have to multitask at certain things to be able to concentrate on the thing that I'm doing. I know you have that problem. <laughs> but uh, it also, uh, how can I word this? It, it's an issue because times when I need to strictly pay attention to what I'm doing, I, I really don't know that I can. Yeah. No, I'm going a, I'm to a continue on with my middle school years, though. You know, middle school. What are you doing? It was it was the uh, power brick. It oh. was pulling on everything. So how how was middle school though? How'd that go? So middle school was a continuation in the early times. So like maybe sixth grade and halfway through seventh grade. But then halfway through seventh grade, I found a teacher that I liked, and she helped me kind of break out of that you were classified as this, so you have to be like this. That's really good. And since I saw that, that's when, you know, eighth grade, I was able, you know, to start being myself a little more. And, you know, my friends were able to see that. And I was actually, I want to say popular, but like. You had friends. I had friends by that point. And my high school years is where all of that completely changed. I thought going to a brand new high school, being moved from all my friends that I've made was going to be a terrible thing. But then I decided to follow some words of, I want to say wisdom, but I followed somebody's words that I heard a long time ago to, to join ROTC. And that in itself kind of built my whole high school and moved me forward through it. I was a much op- more open person. I was able to do a lot more. Oh, and I don't know. And my commander through high school also helped me because we were we were like one in the same. <laughs> yes. Just, just he was much older. <laughs> but you know, to have someone that I was able to share my thoughts with and be able to connect with, and a program that I truly enjoyed. Mm, kind of pushed me through high school, you know, that it convinced me to get good <coughs> grades. I was, you know, an A and B student for a couple years there doing all my homework, doing everything, which was a completely 360 for me. I was able to actually have free time when I got home. Yeah. And towards the end of high school, which this is where I personally think the school system failed on me was they completely shut down my school no warning about it and i had to go to an all new school where some people would classify it as a little depression i i wouldn't i I don't think i've ever been depressed but you know i fell into a little slump of Mm -hmm. i'm shutting down there's i don't want to do anything the rotc unit i moved to completely took away everything i had for me and i just shut down you know i stopped getting good grades and just stop caring about school. I almost didn't graduate because of it. Yeah. So 
you know, that just kind of killed me in a sense. So I think it's interesting that being on the parent side, I have a completely different perspective. So I found out that they were closing your school. And it didn't really bother me until you started talking about how it was going to affect ROTC, uh, the kids you were in school with, as well as your commitment. Because I know ROTC was a massive uh, source of commitment for you. And to have that taken away would be middle school Chandler all over again. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, it did. It, it really did. My senior year, I was back to middle school, early middle school Chandler. So the, the whole ROTC thing, and I, I contacted via email a couple of our school board members. Uh, I really wish that Steve Lucard had stayed a board member because he was the only one who voted against this stupid plan. <coughs> and so the plan was to make uh, Ridgewood yeah. <laughs> a magnet school to make it a STEM school <coughs> and attract the elite, in a sense, of Pasco County to this school, which was going to change it from what they saw as a behavioral problem school, which every school's got their issues, uh, and you can't blame it on the school. you got to blame it on the demographics of the area as well as the teacher staff. If you don't have teachers that <coughs> can engage problem kids, then you're going to have a problem school, and this area is not what it was when that was an A school. The demographics of this area have changed. Uh, they're building a bunch of new schools. <coughs> a lot of new schools in the, the richer areas of town that are getting new, new housing complexes. And this, which was a higher end neighborhood, is now becoming strictly lower middle class. And with lower middle class, you get kids that come from lower middle class families little more problems, parents aren't at home as much, not paying attention as much as they maybe should be or, sh or, sh or, uh, or know what's going on in their kids' lives like they should. And we were guilty of it too. I mean, there was a lot of times where we didn't exactly know what was going on. We were too busy to know uh, what was going on. And uh, so, but this one was, was a big deal. It was a big change. It was a big deal for me. <laughs> they were going to be moving the senior class. Th this is the stupidity of it. They were going to be moving the senior class to a new school and splitting the class. So some of the class went to one school. There was only 80 kids from my school that stayed to the school that I was moved to. Okay, so 80 kids out of 80, how much was yours? 80 kids out of, I think it was only a thou 900 kids at the school. So 80 kids in the school you went to out of 900. Of 900 give or take yeah yeah and how much of that is seniors like two three hundred how much of that class yeah the uh school? i think the seniors made three four hundred of that nine hundred yeah that's the insane. senior class was so most of the kids so you're gonna close the school and move them around uh and to to put this in perspective rotc especially we're not all the same rotc branch so well, Gulf High was. Yes. But the programs are vastly different. The it commanders are let allow or left allow left the latitude to have their own program. Gulf High was very different. It was <laughs> it was a complete 360 from Ridgewood to Gulf High like like I said they gave me no rank, nothing to And go that's off crap. Of. 
And I agree. You, you know, were, I was I was a PC at the time. I was a platoon commander. I was, you know, you had responsibility. I had you responsibility. Had I had to, you know, take role all that, you know, do everything for it basically that I was told. And moving to this new one, I was a nobody. Yeah. I was back of the class because they do stuff <coughs> much weirder and even the freshmen had more like and that's crap. Even in the military is shedding you can't take someone who's had command and put them behind your lowest. That, that's that's dumb. And you can't say, well, these kids don't have a history. Well, w- that is true. Your commander doesn't know you guys. But he did because he told he called me up multiple times before they ended up just separating me and, and you know not keeping me. But he called me up multiple times. He's like. Hey, I saw your old school transcripts. You know, you always had A's in ROTC. You always wore your uniform. And why is none of that happening now? And I, you know, not to say it's his fault or my fault or anything, but I kind of straight up told him, like, it was the school switching it and you guys not giving me, well, I don't want to be like I needy or anything, but like you guys just took away all the respect and, you know, stuff that I earned. And basically saying, just because I haven't been in your program for four years, <coughs> I don't get anything, and I got to basically be a new person. So that's what I didn't like, and he understood that, and that's why we kind of went our separate ways, and I kind of fell into that sixth grade Chandler again. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's still crap. <laughs> I mean, I, I know there's a responsibility on your end to do the right thing regardless of the situation. But at that age, you, you're still young. Uh, but to go back to the school closing, it was it was something that was pushed through fast. Yeah, was, I, was, I, I literally learned about it halfway through June. Uh, yeah, junior year. Yeah. So, so the turnaround, though, here's the timeline. So halfway through junior year, they proposed changing River Ridge to a magnet school and changing it to Wendelkrin, blah, blah, bullcrap school. Wendelkrin Technical High or something. Which is <laughs> stupid because we had a technical high school, but they changed it to a college. So now we need a new high school. Now we need technical. a new technical <laughs> high, which is it's a it's a big circle of how to spend money and try to make the students look better and have the high end schools and then just keep the. The rest of the kids in the system, but not affecting the big numbers. Let's just say it made the kids worse because <coughs> there's been SWAT called. So we'll get to that. <laughs> Hang on. We'll get to so, that. <laughs> uh, so what you're doing is they're, they're closing <coughs> River Ridge. The 2019 school year was going to be the last school year. And the seniors are going to go to these three or four different schools. Uh, or stay at Wendell Crin if they have the ability it to. It was the choice. Yeah, they had the choice to stay. But it's, again, you're changing the entire school. It's not the same school, and you also don't have the same programs that you've been having, and your teachers are changing as well. Yes. So it's still going to a new school, even though you know the building. Yeah. Uh, what started pissing me off is the plan to change the seniors over to a different school. Instead of opening Wendell Crin and keeping the senior class intact the way it was, you probably could have gotten by with doing another school year there 
or another two school years there and letting the juniors and seniors graduate and then sending off the freshmen and sophomores to their respective schools. That way, while you're transforming the school over two years now, you have the opportunity to let the juniors and seniors graduate. That didn't happen. That wasn't even closed. That plan no. wasn't <laughs> even entertained. No. So what they did is they closed your classrooms and started re- renovating, renovating it during in that your school junior year. year. Yep. That, which is completely asinine. I was literally the ROTC unit was thrown all over the building. We were in the media. We were in some backup classrooms. We were in the back of other people's classrooms. Like they just threw us wherever they could for that time being. That's crazy. so they could renovate the building. That's crazy. So, uh, so then they move you guys to these schools, and we obviously know <coughs> you struggled with it. You graduated. That's all I wanted. Barely. Uh, it would it would have been nice to have you follow what your high school dream was, but you know what? Dreams change, situations change, and circumstances change. That's it was it was so bad that I didn't even care about my graduation at that point. Oh no, we made him go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, but there I, was, was, I was I went up there just chewing gum. <laughs> Just walking like in the dumbest way possible. It was like that's how much I didn't care at that point. In the YouTube, I'm gonna have to throw that video. Throw up the there. Vi- <laughs> look, look for the caption wherever it's gonna be of Chandler yeah. chewing gum across the friggin' stage. <laughs> it was so bad. I really didn't notice that <coughs> your jaw moves that much when you chew gum. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> so, uh, so then they put the kids in their different schools, where now they're supposedly splitting up the problem kids and <laughs> Wendell Crin gets this magical ability to be an amazing school and uh, that doesn't go quite as planned. Nope. So how, how did the school, how did golf high change? Golf high sort of didn't change really. Golf high kept the same. Okay, so you, the problem kids didn't really go to golf. The, no. <laughs> the how problem does 5A change? Five, not, yeah, 5A high. <coughs> okay, so first. Well, l- let me just say this. We have six, no, we have like 10 high schools in our East Pasco area now. Yeah, our small area. Our, our small town. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, uh, a large geographic area, but it's getting populated. Because it's, uh, it's cheap. You know, affordable. And then they don't build strategically. They just throw crap They up. slap a high school, you know, in a new subdivision. That's it. I mean, we have a high school that was literally 10 minutes from another high school that was 15 minutes from another yeah. high school. <laughs> that's and like they were bussing kids from two towns over to, the high school. to go to Gulf High when they redistrict the area because they needed the, the higher wealth area they needed more population no no i'm talking when you guys were young they redistricted gulf high to include hudson beach where there was money Mm. so that gulf high would change oh that that just (coughs) reminded me of something though that was another dumb thing that you know most senior classes you know graduate a week two weeks earlier than the regular classes but because gulf high needed their money they made us stay the whole school year. Again, what's w- the perk of being a senior if you can't finish early? <laughs> exactly. I was literally just everyone else at that point. So uh, 5A becomes the new Ridgewood. No, it becomes worse than Ridgewood. Well, now you're mixing. You're also mixing uh, more of a country setup 
of students, you know, click. And a more hoodie yeah. setup <laughs> click. Uh, those two don't go well together. When I was at Hudson High, <coughs> those were basically the two clicks, and they did not get along. You see, the thing about being Ridgewood was you kept the more ghettoy side to one school, and then yeah. you kept the more country people at the other school. So now you've mixed. So the, it worked for a while. Now you know, you've mixed worked, the hood in the country, and it completely failed. Now five A has literally become three, four times worse than Ridgewood ever was. You know, <coughs> Ridgewood, we'd have a fight maybe once a month or a death threat or some stupid stuff. But 5A literally had actual guns on the premise, and they had to have a whole SWAT team. And okay, like the, the SWAT team 300 thing? cops, and literally a bunch of stupid shit has happened. Teachers have been threatened and all this stupid stuff because you're switching kids from a place that they feel safe and comfortable in to a whole new place where they don't know anyone. They don't like anyone there. They want to keep with their own group of people. And it starts, I want to say, I don't know how to explain it, but it starts. There's friction. Yeah. It's, the two it, groups don't get yeah, along. They don't get along. you've now grown both groups. And you're trying to merge them together. And merge them into one cohesive and class it, in one year. And what? Yeah. All of this was super quick one year doesn't work you know as a freshman that's not a big deal because they're you're new in the school so you're new anyway yeah and as a sophomore you're not really the kings of the school yet so it doesn't really matter but once you got that junior class in there and senior class in there it, it really broke it yeah you get two because you had you have two completely opposite sides trying to fight for you know king of the school or whatever you want to call it yeah i mean you have two alpha groups Trying to be the alpha of one school yeah. <clears throat> that already has an alpha. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like it's like in pack mentality. This was horrible. This was it the was, worst thing you could <laughs> do. But they didn't listen to anyone. No. They, they didn't listen they, to any of the students, the uh, teachers, the parents. The parents, teachers, anyone. They literally chose it because it's what would benefit them. Yeah. And that's why... <coughs> And that's why they didn't get reelected. <laughs> well, no, a lot of them have. Oh. Uh, Still, it's a good thing I'm not in school it's, anymore. It's mainly, for me, it's mainly the ones that could have made a change and could have done well uh, retired right after this. Yeah, my commander retired I mean, once it was closed. There was no point in continuing on in a district that doesn't care, that only sees really a didn't. dollar. And they say they care, and they may think they care. They don't, though, in the end. But the evidence of their actions which is to me speaks louder than anything uh, shows that they didn't give a crap and whether or not they did, you know, it's not for me to judge. Uh, I, I like but it is for me and they did not care. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think they thought they had the best ideas in, in heart, but uh, execution was, was unbelievably bad. It was poor. So how, uh, so high school, the schooling system is one way you think society's failed you. Yeah. What What do you think could have been done differently? Not necessarily in high school, but in general. What could have been different about your entire <coughs> school experience for you to say, come out of it saying they did a good job? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't really know 100% because it's also is me and 
I didn't do a good job of throwing myself out there either. Okay. So the blame doesn't fall completely on the system. No. It, you're saying that you're probably equally I'm equally blame. as responsible for the failure. That's a good perspective. Because, <clears throat> you know, I could have thrown myself out there. And, and I did in, in elementary, but once it got towards middle and high, it was <laughs> like, well, everyone's already made their friends from young that no one really wants, you know, a new friend. And if they did, it was in ROTC because that's where I made a lot of my high school friends. Which kills me because lots of people make their friends later in life. It's not all in friggin' elementary <laughs> school. Well, maybe it is. But that was the thing was I didn't put myself out there like in elementary. I maybe and, and, and I'm not going to lie about that either. Is I kind of did too, but it wasn't to the full extent of I wanted to. Like I wanted to play sports and all that and, you know, be an active person in the school Mm -hmm. you know someone people looked up to or something and i kind of stayed that these have been my friends from like second grade and i know i'm going to the same school they're going to maybe with a gap year in between but i know i'm going to the same school so i'm just going to keep with these friends and not make any new ones and i did that and that's what i think i failed that because i i think people do bring you through life yeah, we, we sure. always we always need someone to lean on. You know, you're over here trying to be the tough guy at 20 years old. So <laughs> no, I don't need no stinking <laughs> no, woman. No. <laughs> but let's be real. I never if, said that. <laughs> if we, <laughs> yeah, bullcrap. Yeah, maybe. If uh, if we go through life alone, we're not going to have much of a life. No. And uh, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. How I think uh, more along the lines of a creationist, where we weren't designed to go through this alone. We were designed to have companionship and friends and people to lean on to uh, spread the stress of the situation. And that's why I think I'm a loner, <laughs> because I didn't. <laughs> at, at, your, at your age, I was a total loner, aside from the fact that I was married and had four kids at the time. <laughs> but uh, I'm totally a loner now, more so. Yeah. Except <laughs> for my, I, I mean, I live with four guys, so... <laughs> I kind of have a pack with with three. Yeah, we're we're four guys in the house, so I have my pack. Uh, but as for somebody that I intimately uh, invest time and thought and energy, I really don't have that, and you know that's something in my life that's lacking. But uh, so I'm going to touch on something that you're probably not going to want to talk about, but I'm going to go what? there anyway. Uh, do you think? parenting styles has a lot to play into how well you do in school and how involved you are um i think so yes what's with the smile (laughs) because i've said this to you multiple times is you guys should have thrown me into those situations that maybe as a kid i wouldn't have liked like you know not want to say forcing me but making me play sports or something or make me stay after school and do after school projects or stuff like that. Because like I've said, I'm not the one to throw myself out there. Yeah. But I think if you guys threw me out there and, you know, kind of forced it <clears throat> upon me to go be more social and stuff and do more activities, then I think I would have been a completely different person than I am now. So <coughs> some perspective on this as well. We, we moved a lot. Uh, we had a bunch of houses it was um, like 15 for me yeah. growing up. It was uh, <coughs> it was mainly due to economic circumstances, job situations, uh, availability of housing. We moved to a bunch of towns. 
and we didn't really stay more than a year or two. Uh, also, not always of our doing. We would there's a couple houses we would have loved to continue renting at. In uh, the house we bought uh, was right during the stop cracking your knuckles. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> it was Sorry. right during the uh, uh, housing market crash. So we lost a house. Stupid us could have stayed there for months without having to pay anything. But, uh, you know, I never wanted to live somewhere that I was not paying for. I didn't want to be a freeloader. <laughs> Little did I know that everybody's a freeloader at some time, and people were literally staying in their houses for years for free because they weren't foreclosing. They were trying to <clears> – the way the banks were, were fumbling money uh, – fumbling money. The way the banks were uh, making their numbers look good was to not foreclose and sit on toxic assets. So the bank that controlled my loan, which was Countrywide Bank of America, they – didn't foreclose on my house for 18 months after I moved out. 18 months I could have stayed there. Instead, we went and rented a really nice house, uh, <laughs> fairly new construction, but it was far from everything. And we school-choiced our kids into their school so that they didn't move, which was good for you guys, but it was bad for after-school activities. We could literally ne let nobody do anything yeah. because by the time we got home... <coughs> It'd be 5 o'clock. Yeah, and we couldn't turn around and go pick a kid up at that point. We had to cook dinner. And getting people to drive way out to our house, which was a town over and way to the way outside of uh, it, let's just say no one far no away one from would anything. Do it Nobody would, would just drop kids off no. over there. And uh, we didn't have a lot of relationships with other parents that allowed us to uh, afford those luxuries. We, we tried, but it never really worked out. So having the kids do extracurricular activities was usually out unless they could provide their own transportation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, round trip, if I had a kid out doing something once in a while, it, it would be 6, 7 o'clock before I got home. Then feeding them homework. Uh, it just wasn't feasible. <coughs> so we got into the habit of not forcing the kids to do sports, uh, stuff like that. And I think that habit just carried over to you yeah. so we were in situations <laughs> where we could have easily had you do sports but we weren't the kind of parents to force you into stuff we probably should have yes but for me you should i think you should i think <laughs> that structure would have been very good uh hindsight's 2020 you know we <laughs> did the best we can but i i regret that's one thing i regret not forcing you into doing something else and whatever you know, that just keeping me in the bubble whatever um, that would have been yeah just keep you uh liking school to the point where you do stuff because you know sports require you also to have certain yeah great standards uh so yeah i think the teams i for sure think that was a failure on our part and something that if i could do it again i would do differently uh yeah yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> you turned out to be a good <laughs> kid anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Too good, maybe. <laughs> we'll go get you. You can play some pickleball now. <laughs> you don't even know what pickleball uh, is. Oh, no. <laughs> I think uh, it's time for a new question. You know, we've been talking for 36 minutes. On that one topic. <laughs> uh, so you have a job. I do. Pays pretty good. Pays 
pays for your age it pays amazing. Okay, for my age it pays amazing, but for the stuff we do. Uh, you're don't even go now there. Now I got more responsibilities. Don't, don't even though. go there. So uh what do you think the key is to being a good employee? Ooh, uh I don't <coughs> know if it's an actual key to be a good employee, but for me personally, I care for the company. I care for I don't know how to explain it. Like, I for, for me, I want to, and I'm going to just take the job I'm in for an example, is we, we downstack and upstack doors. And a lot of people will throw them around and they'll get damaged here and there. But I want to, you know, be careful with it, make sure it doesn't get damaged so the company doesn't have to lose money or anything. And I want to make sure I'm always working as hard as I can so that they're getting the most out of me that they can and everything gets done in the end of the day. And we're not here, you know, three hours after we're supposed to be. So for me, I think, well, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, what do you think the key is to being a good employee? Okay. For me, I think the key is to care for the job itself and so I'm going exactly to refine your answer. I'm still your, young. <laughs> your answer is very similar to my mentality in every company I've been in, and including my own. Obviously, I want to benefit the company. So I look at a company as if it were my own. I yes. want the company to succeed uh, as if it were my own. I want the company to do well because I know if a company is doing well and healthy, I'm going to do well. I want to show the company that I'm there for them as much as I am for me. So in, in every company I've been in, it served me well. And the main reason is an owner who sees you abuse things and show up and not put an effort forth and be there for a paycheck, if you can be in contact with the owner. If you're in a larger company, it's going to be your manager, your district manager, yeah. whatever, whatever the corporate structure is. But the important part for me is for them to see that I am invested in this, even though I haven't put an investment in aside from my time and skill. Uh, a lot of these owners and, and managers and less or so for large corporations, but even, even in large corporations, there's a lot of money on the line. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of risk being put out there to provide a service or a product to the society that benefits everybody. And then the owner reaps the benefit of putting that risk out there. And you reap the benefit of his risk if you look at it in that kind of a way. If you look at it like, I'm not here to collect a paycheck. I'm here to do my job to the best of my ability. And hopefully he sees that or they see that and reward me for that. <coughs> yes. Now, if you're in an abusive situation, I sat at a company for 10 years that I probably shouldn't <laughs> have been there as long as I was. Uh, there was a lot of talk going around of what my future was going to be. And after a couple of years, it didn't really pan out. Uh, I probably should have left a couple of years beforehand, but um, I didn't, I got, I got kind of comfortable there. I knew what I was going to be doing every day. Uh, it, it never really changed, but uh, it didn't really affect my, it actually, it never really affected my work. What it did was it affected my relationship with the owner. It was a small company. We were, we were always together. And I'm sure at the end he could see that I was just annoyed with him. 
Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't exactly the employee that I strive to be in the last couple of years. <coughs> but also, he wasn't the kind of owner that he should have been. Mm-hmm. And I let that affect me. So I learned at that last job, uh, no matter what the owner's doing, uh, try to be the best for him, even if he's not the best for you. Mm-hmm. And eventually it catches up. You know, I don't believe in karma, but uh, in a sense, if you're if you're always a negative person and you're always a person who uh, complains while working or does a crappy job, uh, that's kind of the m- employer you're going to have. They're not going to want to do anything special. They're you're there to get a paycheck and they're there to provide it, and that's it. That's mm-hmm. as far as it goes. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize when you have a good employer. Uh, I'll use my current situation. They provide rec- retirement plans, health care. Uh, they pay ha- more than half now. Yeah. Uh, dental, vacation, uh, a bonus program that the longer you're there, the more you make, at least in my department, not in yours. Uh, uh, I think it also pertains to mine, too. Well, you guys get raises. It's a little bit different of a structure. Yeah. But the point is they do everything, in my opinion, that they need to do to show us that they care and want us to strive in our positions. And that's really cool to see because there's not a lot of companies out there, especially small businesses that go that far. They go Mm -hmm. as far as they can, but this company has structured itself in a way that they can do more. uh, And they do. (coughs) So for me, (coughs) being a good employee is basically going to work every day as a stakeholder in the company, because we're all stakeholders in the company, and treating it like that. This company is an extension of me. I'm going to treat it the way I would treat my own company. Mm-hmm. And having a company, a kind of, I, I understand what owners look for, what kind of quality you need to have, what you need to be careful with, uh, and it's always served me well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is just because it's my first job or anything, but that's also how I feel about it. Is I I need to put in all my effort I can to care for the company. Yeah. I don't want to see them fail because if I see them fail, then I'm gonna fail. For sure. Because they're the ones employing Look, me. I, I worked for. <coughs> Dang golf. <coughs> I worked for a company who uh, who did not survive, mm. and they had a group of employees that were amazing. We were doing above and beyond what was required in our field at that time, mm-hmm. and. They screwed it all up by making terrible financial decisions. So I've been on the other side where you're a good employee, but you're working for a bad employer. Mm -hmm. Um, Also have been the boss of crews with bad employees. And, you know, there's always going to be people who can't put forth the effort you can or who can't do what you can do. I I know that. (laughs) And I understand that. I'm getting better about not requiring exactly what I do out of everybody. Of understanding that, I'm t- I'm too young for that part. You have so an you, ha- you have an experience. You th- I know you're young and you, I you think, can d- I if think you can do what you even, can do. Even though they're most of them are way older than I am, if, it's just if, like <laughs> I feel like if you're not doing it to my par, then get out of here. And you know what? I was exactly the same way. And I had a crew of 45 and 50 year olds for my very first crew. I was 19. 20. No, I was 19. 19. 19 running a crew, and I thought I had to lead with an iron fist. Mm. and basically my crew mutinied on me, and I got <laughs> demoted. So there's a, there's a point of being a good leader as well as 
knowing who can do what to what level. Uh, and then being able to, when it comes to leadership and management, being able to get them to do their best and satisfy the need of the company. Mm-hmm. And that's a really tough balancing act, and not a lot of managers can can play that that tightrope. Yeah, not saying that I can either. You know, I haven't in this trade. I have not had to do that, and I don't know if I would be great at it or, <laughs> or terrible at it. Uh, I mean, I I know I'd adapt and I'd do well, but I don't know if I want to do that right now. I'm sure. Yo, you know, I, I mean, you're you're only like what thirty seven, and you're feeling pretty old over there. <laughs> old am uh, i don't know yeah 37 no i, I can only count my years because I'll of the 2000 so i can I, I just count based off of oh it's 2020 right now if it's past may i'm 20 <laughs> you've got it so easy <laughs> i know that's amazing uh so cool it's been good talking to you thank you thank you for having me on the show it's been nice talking by the fire yeah it feels warm our, our virtual fire <laughs> yeah actually this screen is crazy warm it's an old LED, yeah, LCD, LCD, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, cool. So my dad was here. I think we should uh, bring <laughs> attention to his uh, <coughs> senior year picture. Uh, I didn't have a senior year picture, actually. Well, you know, Wendell Crin wasn't a great <laughs> school for you. He uh, he is very embarrassed by this picture. I don't know why, but here you go, Dad. Your picture is at the screen. It was kind of hidden today. I thought I'd bring some attention to it. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, talk to you later. Uh, like and subscribe. Uh, go to twobeardstalk.com. Check out our abouts. Mini, mini beard. <laughs> <laughs> and the mini beard. Uh, maybe we'll do some, some more of this interview style. Maybe not. Uh, we'll see how it, how it is received. Uh, maybe I might guest star in an actual episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's 45 minutes. It might be an actual episode. Maybe if I make my voice a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Uh, it's been fun talking. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. And as always, uh, if you don't like it, we'll give you twice the money you pay for it back. <laughs> Thanks.